This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a between doubleheader instant reaction. I'm sitting in my car waiting for game two edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. The Mets lost to the New York Yankees. They got their ass kicked. We got the tease, obviously. You know, the Yankees take the early lead because, of course, Kendris Morales had to have a bunch of hits. I completely jinxed that. Earlier today on the Midday Show when I was presenting the lineup to Joe, I mentioned, and then there's Kendris Morales. He's batting seventh and playing first base. God knows why he's still on this Yankee roster. And as I was getting the sentence out of my mouth, I said, I shouldn't say that. He's going to go hit three home runs in this doubleheader. He didn't hit any home runs this game, but he did drive in the first run in the second. He had another hit in the fourth that started their rally. He had that bloop double in the fifth. That base, I mean, the game was over by that point, but basically ended Zach Wheeler's night or day. So, yeah, I apologize. I shouldn't have said a freaking word about Kendris Morales. But we got our tees, right? We got the tees. When the Yankees take the early 1-0 lead and Masahiro Tanaka looks sharp, over the first two innings, all of a sudden things change because of the DD error. You know, he makes that error on the ground ball. I think it was Ahmed Rosario who led off the second inning. Thomas Nito gets a rare hit. Juan Lagares gets an infield hit. And then Jeff McNeil hits a Yankee Stadium home run. And I'm buying in. I'm actually believing it. I'm thinking, you know what? Wheeler's going to settle down. Maybe you can give him seven innings. They don't have to go much of the bullpen. They get into Tanaka. All right, get game one of this doubleheader. We can relax for the second game, and boy, oh, I mean, boy, oh, boy, was I wrong, and, you know, I look at this game, and we could talk about the sloppiness of this game from both sides, I mean, the Yankees played crappy defense, the Mets played crappy defense, can Ahmed Rosario have the awareness to know where second base is, because in the third inning, I think it was the third inning, yeah, in the third inning, on that comebacker, hit by DJ LeMahieu, it's not a double play, but Zach Wheeler makes a great bare hand play, makes the strong throw to second base, and Ahmed Rosario has no freaking idea where second base is. And it was like the fastest replay review you'll ever see. And it only led to one run. The thing that killed him was Todd Frazier. I mean, Todd Frazier, on a routine ground ball to third base, makes the horrible throw to first. Now, with that said, Wheeler gave up the lead even before that because he gives up the home run to Gio Urshela, and... Here's the thing about Zach Wheeler, and I don't know what his ERA is now. It came into the game at about 4-6. I think a couple of errors have made some of these runs unearned. He gave up nine runs. I think five of them now are earned, so it's certainly not going to help his ERA. I've said before that I think Wheeler's had a better year than the statistics will indicate. You know, he's had that one bad inning. He has settled down. He's given them six, seven innings at a clip. He's kept his walks to a minimum since he had that disaster against the Nationals earlier this year. But I got to tell you, this was a very discouraging performance. And, you know, the Mets have to make a decision about Zach Wheeler. We as fans, I guess, are a part of making that decision. Not that the Mets listen to us, but we all have opinions. And last year when Wheeler was dominating in the second half, it took me a long time to buy in and believe that was really him. And I think by the end of the year, 
I started to think, all right, maybe he's figured this out. And I know the per the peripherals have been decent for Wheeler, and he certainly hasn't been helped out by his defense. But, I mean, overall, here we are in the middle of June. Guy's got an ERA near five. He's given up way too many home runs, including a couple today, the Urshela home run, the Voy home run was a kick in the balls, let's be honest. And, I mean, do you really want to give this guy a five-year contract? You know, is that really what you want to do? Because the truth is, what, what they are probably better off doing is trading this guy before the deadline. Because even if they're in a pennant race, and I, I, does anybody really think they're going to be in a pennant race? But forgetting about all of that, do you want Zach Wheeler moving forward? Do you believe in Zach Wheeler moving forward? And it sucks that after every start, this pops into our brain, but it's important. It's important because their decision during the offseason sort of needs to be made early. Because if they're not going to re-sign him, I would try to trade him. I would try to cash out as much as I can on Wheeler and restock the farm system. You know, I, I said that they should have looked during the offseason to see what was out there. I was certainly more interested in trading Zach Wheeler than I was Noah Syndergaard, and that was coming off of last year. And who knows, maybe Brody did kind of shop him around and there wasn't anything great out there. I have no idea. Just because we didn't hear rumors about it doesn't mean it didn't exist. But after every start, yeah, we get closer to July 31st, which is D-Day, because how much is it going to suck if the Mets don't trade Zach Wheeler, they're not really in a pennant race, and then he leaves at the end of the year? And by leaves, maybe it's the Met decision to let him leave. I get that. Because a lot of this is about, hey, how much should the Mets offer? Not how much will the Mets offer because they're cheap. No, no. How much should the Mets offer? So this was discouraging, and it's discouraging because they're probably going to lose the second game. And I don't know when anyone's listening to this podcast. I assume that maybe you squeezed it in between games. If you're listening to after the fact, maybe I sound like an idiot because they won the second game and Jason Vargas pitched great. But does anybody expect that? I mean, I mentioned this on the air. Vargas was having a great year two years ago, and I think he had a sub-2 ERA. He goes in to face the Yankees, and I think that kind of blew up his ERA. And I have visions of that tonight. I have visions of everything we saw in game one happening in game two. I have visions of four and two-thirds innings, ten hits, nine runs from Jason Vargas. The fact that that happened to Zach Wheeler is a major issue. Now, as far as the Subway Series is concerned, boy, I'll tell you, I, I had some day today because we did the show from the studio, which that's fine. I mean, it would be cool to do the show from Yankee Stadium, but I get it. And so as soon as the show is over, okay, I'm lying. Before the show is over, I hightail it. And my game plan from Lower Manhattan was, I'm going to take the subway. I'm not going to drive. Because if I drive, where the hell am I going to park? I could throw it into a lot. God knows how long it would take to get in. I could try to find a spot on the street. That's certainly not going to work. So I game planned this whole thing. I said, let me drive to Yankee Stadium at 7 o'clock in the morning. Let me park my car, find a spot, take the subway to Lower Manhattan where the FAN studios are. And then as soon as... You know, the Yankee pregame show starts, or really as soon as the interview we conducted with Daniel Jeremiah ended, I said, all right, let me get the hell out of here. <laughs> so I did leave a few minutes early. Great job by Beningo. He's like, bro, get out of here. I know you want to make first pitch. Get out of here. And I get my Beningo imitation sucks. I apologize. So I get on the train, and the first train I took was the one Everything's great. Get on the train, no problem. I'm moving fast. Fantastic. Now, Google Maps tells me, and the subway map tells me, you got to get on the D. All right, you get on the D, you'll get to Yankee Stadium, probably right around first pitch, which isn't bad. 
the D, when I get to, I, I guess it was 59th and Columbus. Is that a stop? Does that sound like a stop? I think so. 59th and Columbus. I see on the machine that the D isn't coming for 13 minutes, but the B is right here. So I figure, wait a second, I looked at the map. I think the B goes to Yankee Stadium. Even if it's a local, let me get on the freaking B. So I get on the B, there's nobody on this train. I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. I look closer at the subway map and I realize that the B doesn't run to Yankee Stadium unless it's rush hour. So now I'm freaking confused. And, and by the way, you can tell I very rarely take the train because I mostly bike. That's how I, that's how I get around. And no, I wasn't going to bike from FA to Yankee Stadium. I had it. Google Maps told me a normal bike ride would take about an hour. So that was going to take too long. And then I show up at Yankee Stadium as a sweaty mess. Nobody needs that. Nobody sitting around me needs that. So I finally get off this B at 125. At 125th Street, I'm going to take the D. Two problems, all right? Problem number one, the D isn't coming, all right? It says on the board it's going to take 11 minutes. It actually took 20 minutes. Now, I'm a very trust... I trust people, all right? I don't assume the worst in people. I don't assume someone's going to come up to me and kill me. I hope they don't, but I never assume that. I'm standing on this platform, and again, I, I never take the subway. I just I just don't take it very often because I don't need to. I bike. That's what I mostly do, and even if it's raining or the weather's bad, I usually drive. I try to avoid the subway, and a part of why I like to avoid the subway is you may not realize this. I'm an awkward guy. All right, I, I am. I, I, I don't really want to be around people. People I know, sports fans, you know, people that come up to me and say, hey, uh, listen to the show, or hey, the Nets suck. I don't mind that, but just in general, lots of people freak me out. I don't want to be around anybody. I feel like I'm going to get sick from everybody. I, I just, I don't want to deal with it, all right? So I'm sitting here or standing on the platform, and a guy comes up to me, stares right at me, and the train on the opposite platform is moving. So it's very, very loud. And so the guy is saying something, I can't hear him. My first reaction is, hey, I'm wearing a Met shirt. Maybe the guy listens to the show. You know, maybe, oh, look, I'm meeting somebody in the subway. That's nice. And now the subway moves. I say, hey, listen, hold on, I can't hear you. Subway stops moving, it gets a little quiet. I said, sir, what were you saying? And he's whispering. And and I'm thinking, "What, what the hell is this guy whispering? And all I could hear was the words, Facebook. That's all I heard. He said, Facebook. Now, I I have no idea what to do right now. He is directly staring at me. He's not even blinking. I mean, he is like direct stare. Facebook. So I I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to say. So I say to the guy, "I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not on Facebook. Blank stare. Just staring bullets at me. Is that a phrase, staring bullets at me? Staring BBs at me. Whatever the phrase is. Now I'm getting nervous. I got to admit, I'm getting nervous that this guy is going to kill me, all right? Everybody around is kind of watching, but they're almost watching with their popcorn out, not watching as, let me protect awkward redhead guy. So now I said, all right, should I converse? Should I walk away? I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do right now. So I repeat again, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not on Facebook. Again, just death stare at me. So now I say... I'm just going to the baseball game. <laughs> That's what I said to this guy. I'm just going to the baseball game. And he whispers, baseball game. It's almost like I'm talking to my son. You know, my two and a half year old Jet will repeat everything I say. And I got to be careful. 
I can't curse. I can't say anything too uh, politically incorrect because he'll start repeating it. So now this guy's repeating me. I said, I'm going to the baseball game. And he repeats, baseball game. And then I said, yeah, the Yankees are facing the Mets. You know, I, I you know, Beningo told me we just need a split. So finally, at that point, I try to end it by saying, all right, well, it was nice meeting you. And thank God, at that moment, he smiles and walks away. And at that point, I didn't think I was out of the woods yet because he's starting to walk away. Who knows? Again, he can still take a knife out. He can still come after me and push me over the uh, the subway ledge. So at that point, I just start moving the other way. And that was it. I mean, I'm alive. Obviously, I'm doing this podcast. But the whole thing was just weird. And I, and I feel bad that I'm thinking the worst because I usually don't do that. I'm not usually walking around fearing everything around me. And I feared it. <laughs> I, feared, I feared the Facebook whisperer was going to do something awful. And I had no faith that the people around me, my fellow New Yorkers in the subway, I didn't think they were going to do anything to help me. <laughs> I thought they were just going to look at me as it all ended horribly. But thank God, the guy walked away, the subway came, I finally got on the subway, it was jam-packed with Met Yankee fans, and so when I walked into Yankee Stadium, in about, I walked in as the top of the third inning started, which is not good. I mean, I, I had really hoped that when I had left at 12.20, I was going to walk in at 1.10, you know, 1.15, maybe I'll miss the first inning, and obviously the first two innings were pretty quick, I get that, but nevertheless... I walked in in the top of the third inning. As I got off the train, gorgeous day. I mean, the sun is out. A lot of Met fans, a lot of Yankee fans. Uh, they have a policy at Yankee Stadium where they don't allow laptops in. Now, I was a little nervous because I brought my iPads from work. I brought my keyboard that goes with the iPad from work. And I had a book bag, which I know at City Field is frowned upon. They will not let you into City Field with that stuff. I didn't have a press credential or anything like that. I was going in with my ticket that I got and a little nervous because I'm thinking to myself, wait, if they don't allow these iPads and book bags in, what the hell am I going to do? I guess I got to run to my car, throw it in my car, and then come back. Now I'm going to miss another inning. I wait on this line, which wasn't bad because at that point, you know, people are straddling in, but it wasn't a, a terrible line. And <laughs> the security guy looks at my iPad and says, is that a laptop? To it, which I said, no, it's not a laptop, which has me thinking if I did bring in a laptop and the guy asked me, is that a laptop? Couldn't I just say, no, that's not a laptop. That's just a, that's a new iPad that has a cover on it. I mean, if, if the guy didn't know it was a laptop, can't I just tell him it's not really a laptop? Either way, I want to thank the New York Yankees because they don't have the asinine rules that you can't bring in a book bag. The Mets have that. The Yankees do not. The Yankees said you can't bring in fireworks, and that's okay. I don't mind that. I'm not bringing any fireworks. I'm not bringing in any laptops. I'm away from the laptop. I'm an iPad guy. Not that I needed the iPad during the game just because I was coming from the radio station. So I finally get in for game one, and I tweeted a picture of where I was sitting along with my beverage of choice. I was going bougie, all right? I had an FAN ticket, so... I will admit, completely bougie in game one. In game two, I'm sitting in the upper deck. In game two, I'm sitting with tickets I bought off StubHub for, I don't think it was that much. I think I paid like 70 bucks. Wasn't terrible. So I went bougie for game one. I got to tell you, and maybe it's because I'm a very, very pale-skinned guy that does not do well with the sun. 
that sun, bro, was just kicking my ass. Oh, my God, right out of the gate. And I'm, look, I'm sitting in great seats. I am not complaining. I'm merely saying the sun was kicking my ass. I'm not even complaining. I'm making an observation that the sun was kicking my ass. And that is why I tweeted out a picture of me drinking this gigantic frozen blue margarita. Now, I was at the game with a fellow host of the CBS Sports Network, Damon Amenda Lara, DA. You may hear his sports minutes. And I said to DA, I said, look, I'm a real baseball fan. I got my scorecard out. I'm not about drinking at games. I'm just about watching the game. I'm not even about eating at games. I just literally want to watch the game. I said, DA, will you frown upon me if I got myself a really, really frozen alcoholic beverage that looks like I'm at the beach? Like, would you look at me differently as a baseball fan? Now, I don't believe DA. I think he does look at me differently now. But DA said, no, go, go get it. And I could tell he wanted to take a picture of me drinking this really long yardstick that had blue alcohol in it. And I'm telling you, it was not about the alcohol. Okay, if I, if I had a chance to not have it with alcohol, I wouldn't have had it. I just needed something frozen because I was dying of heat. And this baby cost $20. And I got to tell you, it was worth every penny. It was worth every penny because... I just needed that ice. I needed that frozen feel to it, you know? It was great. So I got to recommend for anybody who goes to Yankee Stadium, the blue, the frozen blue margarita thing was excellent. And then the girl sitting next to me says, what the heck is that? That's what she asks me. I said, it's this frozen drink. It's amazing. It's amazing. I said, and I don't know if it's really any good or if it's just that I am so boiling and so hot I needed to have something frozen. So I had it, and it helped me get through the middle innings as Zach Wheeler was giving up a bomb to Gio Urshela, and he was giving up a home run to Luke Voigt after he handled him at the beginning of this game by striking him out in his first two at-bats. And it helped me handle the pain of the Mets losing game one of this doubleheader to the New York Yankees. They better win game two. I don't expect them to win game two. I'll tell you exactly what I expect. What I now fully expect is that the Mets are going to be in this range that they've been in now for a while, where they're going to be two under, three under, four under, three under, two under. Uh-oh, they're one under. They have a chance to get to 500, fall right back, climb a little bit forward, fall back back. I think that's what we're looking at. I really do. The starting pitching has been inconsistent. The offense has been inconsistent. The bullpen has been consistent. It's been consistently crappy. And how about the defense? I mean, the defense is a major problem, too, because I think that hurt them today with giving extra base runners. I mean, the Todd Frazier error, Ahmed Rosario not being able to find second base. And look, the Yankees did the same thing, but their defense is underratedly horrible. That's another thing. And that's all I've got to say. I'm now going to take a nap because I stayed up late watching basketball, and I hopefully you enjoyed this in-between-games edition Mets Yankees of the Evan Roberts podcast.